Welcome back, listeners. Uh, we are so excited to have you join us for another episode. For this episode, we're doing a little blast from the past. We're going to take a pause from doing the wonderful investigative journaling that we're doing <laughs> following our mother's journey through retirement to do something that we used to do for our podcast, which is our end of the year review. Love it. Blast from the past. 2023 seems like ages ago now, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Because so. we're at the end of January. It's basically Black History Month. Basically. <laughs> but I do think we should like just reflect, take a pause, reflect on what happened last year, try not to repeat our same mistakes and move into the future. You know, new year, new us sort of thing. Period. <laughs> Love it. So anyone who knows me knows I don't really pay attention to current events. <laughs> It's actually pretty sad. Like, I get my news through two people, maybe three. And so I asked, I did what I would normally do is ask my husband, what are the most important things that happened this year? Mm. And he's like, to you or to the world? Good, good question. <laughs> good follow up. So this one, I have to give honor and respect to my husband because I knew this was a thing, but I don't think I recognized how big it was. In January of 2023, Kevin McCarthy was removed as the Speaker of the House. Mm -hmm. So this is a la Wayne. Thank you very much for keeping me relevant. Um, this was a pretty historic thing because he was ousted um, from that position as Speaker of the House. The final vote was 216 to 210, with eight Republicans joining all the Democrats to vote to remove McCarthy. It's the first time in the history that a house speaker has been removed in a no confidence vote it's kind of crazy because there was a far um right revolt over his reliance of like working with the democrats to try mm -hmm. to avert um a government shutdown um and so they didn't like that and so join the democrats to vote to remove him it's just so wild like you're gonna vote no confidence in me <laughs> after what I'm trying to do and save the you know save the um government from shutting down but I don't know yeah um from what i know about this I, I i remember two things one was for uh like the eight republicans i believe are like those super duper trumpers mm -hmm. who they are wreaking havoc because they can hold some shit up right mm -hmm. and make shit happen and i'm pretty sure that those folks were the eight republicans that joined like were a part of the eight that joined the democrats who let's this is why y'all need to stick to y'all values and morals because it was them same republicans that made mccarthy promise things and change things uh don't ask me what things means but <laughs> promise things and change things for the, him to even get accepted for him them to vote so he made something uh, he made like some compromises yes some compromises right. which even led to him being able to be ousted easier that's crazy, right? Um, in a quote by Rep. Matt Getez of Florida, he said that the reason Kevin McCarthy went down today is because nobody trusts him. Like, nobody trusts Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy has made multiple contradictory promises, and when they all came due, he lost votes of the people who maybe don't even ideologically, did I say that right? Ideologically? There we go. Um, agree with him on, on things, but like, he, you know, like you said, he sold his soul. Yeah, but 
and to, he's one of them people. Matt, mm. he one of the worst. He, one, he of one of the, the worst. He's one of the worst ones of the, of the Trumpers, dog. <laughs> yeah, this things like this really make me afraid for society because when I think when people use the word polarizing, especially when it comes to politics, I mm. roll my eyes a little bit because to me, there's only one side that is really like a polar. Say, say more. It's the it's the Trump. Republicans, like when I think about mm. all of what they're doing when it comes to uh, degressing society <laughs> uh, socially, right? No, like honestly, like it really scares me. And I can't think of a government official on the left, a Democrat, that is at like is calling for anything like mm. super outrageously progressive. And well, so not that's... to hear the Republicans tell it, like DEI in schools, exposing kids to like history about enslavement. That to them, that is like far left progressive ideology. So maybe from where you no, sit, it no, seems no, 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 moderate, no, but not to them. No, that no, I, I, I reject that <laughs> because this is what I tell you. Because it's not like those Democrats are actually introducing new stuff. They're fighting to keep the stuff that has existed, and in many ways they lost. And that's actually one of the things I'm going to talk about. All right. Well, let me pass it over to you because you know I just learned pass it that um, we're digressing in society. I mean, I, I don't think that's far-fetched. Yes, we absolutely are. <laughs> so as we know, one of our main topics last year when we did our end of the year review was uh, the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, unfortunately, right, that shit didn't stop this year. And so affirmative action, mm -hmm. affirmative action, when I talk about society, right? us, right, got um overturned and overruled right and so what i'd like to talk about is that uh affirmative action rolling as well as dei programs across higher education in the u.s so on june 29th mm -hmm. uh 2023 the u.s supreme court voted in a 6-3 decision to curb affirmative action in higher education this ended a four decade precedent okay so like i said it's not like we're introducing new things they rolling back <laughs> things that have existed sis have existed right so uh this this affirmative action basically allowed uh universities and colleges to broadly consider race in their admissions process right as a way to make things more equitable and we're you know black people are scared but while women should be scared white people and in, in universities where they're considered like the minority should be scared it's not just you know minoritized folks actually so everybody should be a little worried and they say they're coming for legacy admissions next don't know they would never <laughs> they would never they would never because the money gonna protect them <laughs> And so uh, there were two Supreme Court cases that were brought to them, SFFA versus Harvard and SFFA versus the University of North Carolina. So those were the two cases that kind of, um, uh, uh, that were brought to the Supreme Court. Did mm -hmm. you notice anything about those cases, Mia? Uh, me personally, or in just in uh, the words in that just you the, said? In just the words I said. Harvard? Okay. <laughs> as Keep a going. Yaley, Boo, Har Boo okay. Harvard. Yeah. 
Um, no, tell me. Let me show let me, me the let pattern. Me, let me let me let me read it again to you. Uh, the U.S. and listeners, you listen and you try to hear the pattern. The U.S. Supreme Court heard oral arguments in cases uh, SFFA versus Harvard, and a different case SFFA versus UNC University mm. of North Carolina. So the SFFA. We need to be asking some damn questions. Uh-huh, that uh, acronym. SFFA stands for Students for Fair Admissions. Mm, do you da, da, know da. who runs the Students for Fair Admissions? Dígame, no sé. Uh, it was an, that's an organization that was created by Edward Bloom, who is just rolling out um, and is trying to litigate all these kind of issues mm. that um, would progress diversity, equity, and inclusion. And do you know, ironically, mm-hmm. who he was inspired by to take this approach? Um, what, like Thurgood Marshall or something? Yes, in the <laughs> NAACP. Using the law to he like said, screw he us. Said, he said, y'all Negroes think y'all, yeah. You're smart. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it, and you know what? He, this person, I think, I think of when I think of the antithesis of <laughs> DEI and the good work that needs to be done. I think mm. of people like him, because mm. because you know, it's not it's not always the people that are like we hate. Mm-hmm. Insert that. It is the people that say quotes like this that Edward Bloom said. Uh. I believe in diversity, but there is just a way to go about doing this without putting a thumb on the scale. And that makes me think about all the people that I interact with, and I know that others interact with, that claim that they are actually pro-diversity. But when it comes to the policies and things we're doing to actually increase diversity, sustain diversity, uh, and make sure that it gets... uh, it, it happens on our campuses. It'd be the same ones that be doing stunt, <laughs> pulling stunts like this. Now, where did he not get into that he thought he deserved to go to? And those are <laughs> questions, questions that need answers. Questions that need answers. Because you know, when you have entitlement and a cer- certain privilege, you imagine and you think that everything is just supposed to go your way all the time. You're supposed to every door should be open for you. You should be able to walk through with any without any sort of issues. And that's what that's ringing. Mm. you know like it's ringing true for me that like yeah maybe what's he mad about yeah i think uh probably inadequacy yeah yeah Yeah. like your mediocrity will not save you yeah unless you're a white man i guess it will save you but you know what i mean trying to protect it trying (laughs) Trying to protect protect it it. for sure and so um yeah and this just also makes me fearful for the conversation around dei and higher education so uh, when I think about, um, there were, uh, this is something that had started before 2023, uh, and really in 2022, uh, Republican lawmakers introduced over 40 anti-DEI bills. And some of those, uh, we're seeing the repercussions actually in 2023. So I think about Flo- states like Florida and Texas, where those programs and things are starting to take funding away. And it's just very unfortunate. Yeah, it's so interesting to think about all the, what did you call it? Like, digress? <laughs> like, yeah. the de-evolution of us um, as a people. I'm, this 
you talking about this reminds me of a story I just recently heard of a mm. DEI high up official at a hospital in Baltimore. You can mm. decide which one, um, who basically sent out some information about privilege, what is mm. privilege, mm -hmm. and listed these like different groups that like have privilege, quote unquote, right? Yeah. And so on that group, it was a long list of people, but it was like cisgender folks, English speaking folks, Christian, white folks, men, like all of all of this whole list. So Fox News got wind of it, right? Um, how go. they found it, how they, you know, why they chose to focus on this one small um, DEI office in this um, in the city, I don't know, but they ran with it. So they ta started talking about how she was attacking white men. What's wrong with being like cisgender white Christian male and white um, men on Fox were, were like, I check all these boxes and you're saying I have privilege. I grew up dirt poor, like that whole trope, right? Like, how did I have privilege when I was poor and I was white and all of that? And so she, you know, at first the, um, the hospital really supported her and now they have made her apologize. What? They have backtracked. What? There's pictures pictures of her um throughout the city on billboards what calling yep calling off i know things and please tell me she's not so, of color of course she is oh my institution gosh. of higher learning um best medical you know hospital probably in the country one of the best at least and that's where we are so you know, you don't think that it hits close to home, but it does. It hits for me in healthcare and academia and, you know, people everywhere. So it's not just confined to one specific city or state. I'm baffled. For privilege, bro. And I'm, I'm like, you can't privilege. recognize that you are privileged in certain ways. I can list all the ways in which I'm privileged, right? Like, yes, it's just what it is. Anyway. That's wild. So wild, right? I can't. I can't even. I'm just like. Yeah, but you know what? If I were her, you know, I'd be like, I mean, she doesn't look ridiculous to society, right? Like, we're like, what? I know. And they have to apologize. So, so, oh, they can. They and can, they go they, back. They, they would have to fire me. They the amount of money they would have had to pay me to keep my mouth closed. <laughs> Just to keep my mouth closed. Not to say I'm sorry, to keep my mouth closed on my way out would have been ridiculous. Would have been ridiculous. Would have been ridiculous. I would have ended up owning half the hospital. Because <laughs> I would put them all on blast. Ooh, let's, ooh, I would call some civil rights attorneys. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it ain't safe out here if you're a social justice, health equity, equity, racial equity warrior. It just, it isn't safe. But, and I just want to point out, mm -hmm. um, to take it back full circle where we started, but in a lot of the work that we do as uh, DEI plus consultants mm -hmm. is- Shout out, we, we, IRS. <laughs> X and Y jeans. Hey. hey. Is we always talk about policy because, right, we, we think like all of this is- um, uh, uh, individual, intrapsychic, and interpersonal acts, which it is that. Mm -hmm. But also, I think about how these policies, the striking down of these policies and these laws and regulations that mm -hmm. are anti DEI, empower and embolden people mm -hmm. to double down and create the culture. And when I think about like cultural shifts, like we have to be 
thinking about policies and stuff too. We have to also shout out to the book, the chapter that hey. is out there untangling uh, racism, a primer, I think for pediatricians, hopefully I got that title right. Sorry if I did not, but go check it out. Our chapter is in there talking about how you analyze policy. For sure. Right. And I think you can use it beyond healthcare it was originally adapted for, you know, government folks to look through. So I think people can look at that and at least start, but yeah, if, um, if people are trying to strike down, you know, these concepts, these ideas, these equity forward, equity leaning things, what do you do? But in there, once again, as a reminder, not even equity forward, because these were 40 years ago. <laughs> 40 years ago, we're, we're, we're talking about the 80s. I think at that time, if I remember correctly, I wasn't born. But ma, from what I hear, like we're talking about at a time where women either didn't have or just got the ability to have their own credit card and didn't need a man's approval. Like it was made then. So this is not even equity for. Wow. Those um, are getting struck down. Yeah. Speaking of women, speaking of just gender in general, like one of the other things that happened in 2023 is the Barbie movie. Barbie movie. Did you see it? <laughs> I was so anti Barbie movie. Like I refused to watch it. Like mm -hmm. I just, and here's the thing. I actually did have Barbies growing up. I don't know if you remember that. Do you I remember do. I had Barbies? Probably. They was probably bald headed. You probably <laughs> cut up. all their hair out. It was probably looking like weird Barbie. <laughs> they were not weird Barbie. But I'm so, I was such a like interesting weirdo child because I collected Barbies from all over the world. Now that mm -hmm. I think about it, I like maybe it was that. like a little bit racist, <laughs> but I had like Native American Barbie that, yeah. and like Japanese Barbie and like that's what I care. I'm like, oh, I want this Barbie from this place and this Barbie from, and I didn't even really play with them. I just had them. And I was mm. like, um, Josephine Baker, like my mm. like collection of oh. like these cultural kind of significant things to yeah. me, right? I, mean, I don't think I was racist before, but maybe we are edging there when you, Native say, when, when, when you say you collected them, but didn't play with them. You I just did. wanted, I just, you just, I just wanted them. Yeah. Anyway, keep you going. Know, I think I should have been like an anthropologist or sociologist. Like I was just fascinated and like learning more about different cultures. And that was my way to do it like because i didn't even really love dolls that much mm. um so anyway all to say i kind of like felt like i shouldn't see the barbie movie because i'm like i don't know that i like what barbie stands for on its face yeah so i didn't see it until very long and then when i finally did see it i made my son watch it with me did you yeah so it was kind of interesting did you see barbie i did i'm curious what, you... what, what was your son's reaction you know i think he just came down to watch something because i was watching something i don't know that he would have like turned it on yeah I think he thought it was okay. Like, yeah. you know, I, again, I don't think he would have selected it for himself, but there was a couple of moments that we talked about different things and what it meant. Um, Cause he didn't grow up with Barbies. Like right. he probably thinks like, oh, Barbie's a girl thing or like whatever. Yeah. So we talked about like different sort of like feminist ideologies, oh, wow. things that like held women back and, you know, like this, like Ken sort of approach to the world, like, oh my God, the world is great, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, like that sort of, like that's actually the world, you know? Right. Um, so I think it was it was good for him yeah. and it was much better than I thought it would be. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Right. I felt like it definitely tried hard, but you know, given where Barbie was, has been seen, Maybe it kind of needed to. You said it tried hard way. What did you think about the movie? Yeah, that? I mean, I don't know what I went in expecting because mm -hmm. I expected to really hate it. 
Because I just wasn't one of the people and I think they did great with the marketing and everybody was dressing pink and like, but I just wasn't that kind of person growing up. Like I wasn't like so excited to like have a Barbie, play with Barbies, wear pink. Like that just wasn't my thing. So I did, I thought the movie would be like that. Mm. And I liked that it wasn't. I liked that it like definitely talked about other kind of concepts and like you know there was the daughter that's like barbie you ruined the whole world like you know so i did appreciate that i do think it try hard like if i was a conservative person and watched the barbie movie i'd be like really left lefty agenda in this barbie movie Mm. so i don't know what'd you think about it i personally don't want to share share (laughs) um uh did you love it but um, I think we are cut from the same cloth because <laughs> I, I think I wanted to see it. You did want to see it. I wanted to see it because of all the buzz, mm. right? It came out during, uh, at the same time as Oppenheimer. Yeah. And so they call like it Barbieheimer? Barbie, Barbie, Barbie and Heimer or something. And I definitely didn't want to see Oppenheimer. Not a fan of those kind of movies. I didn't see it. I think they're going to get too much praise. But I was interested in Barbie movie. Uh, also, it was, I think, directed by a woman, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so Anne has two, a, some of my favorite act, a, actors. Mm-hmm. I think that's still gender neutral. Mm-hmm. Um, like a, a, like a, a, a great cast. I thought, as you said, their marketing was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wasn't going to go pay to see it. Uh, mostly because, and let me let me be clear. Let me be clear, and that's no shade. I realize, and I'm being honest. I realize I'm mostly pay now, and I need to really evaluate this. I only really pay for Marvel. Wow. I really only go see Marvel is movies in theaters. Is that like some dad coming out? You just don't believe no, in paying for movies? No, or no, no. Is it I think COVID-19? I think it's COVID nineteen because everything goes to will come eventually to the tv relatively quickly that's true right we're back in dvds like you were waiting, waiting. for at least three months that's true that's uh true. but now it's like dog you wait a week <laughs> <laughs> that's true i tried to organize a barbie um screening party because i was like i should like try to go see this movie yeah. and so i tried to get my friends and some of them were like we'll just wait till it comes out just yeah <laughs> for sure we'll just for for this we'll just wait right right um that being said i did want to see the movie about a week <laughs> i probably saw it a month or more later mm-hmm. uh because i think it came to hulu and let me say <laughs> I I didn't get it. <laughs> you didn't get the hype? I, I did not. Like, and one of my good friends who calls himself a critic of all things cultural culture, like rated it number two. And this is after I saw it. So I was like, maybe I should watch it again. So listeners, maybe I should watch it again. But I was like, I just don't get it. Like number two. like Movies of the year. Oh, ranked at number two. Wow, that's a very high rating. Yeah. Wow. What um, was number one? Just out of curiosity, so I can I see think if I can was, trust this friend. I think I don't remember. I have to check. Mm. I think it was like Miles Morales. Now Re- that was a good one. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and and just so y'all know, like he had other like movies that are well known, like The Holdovers mm. was good and on there. But I was just like, are we for real? Did we watch the same shit? <laughs> And he gave a little description about it. Go, I mean, his thing is private, but his food 
page is public. I think it's like food for talk. I don't know. I will tag it. But um, I um, was just like, maybe I missed it because to me, the feminist stuff was very like overtly like, oh, like I get what you're saying. But maybe there was some nuances that I missed where it was. But honestly, overall, it just felt very goofy and silly to me. <laughs> it just felt very goofy, like the Barbie, the Barbie universe it just felt super goofy and silly and i will say i was watching during a weekend when i was with the homie roommate and bestie roy and he we had just watched sophie's choice (laughs) before this which which i'm sure you don't it's okay but before sophie's choice we watched the blackening or something and we're having a movie marathon and he low-key high-key coerced manipulated bamboozled me into watching Sophie's Choice, which is like a four-hour movie <laughs> about three different things, oh. but mainly like her making a choice about her daughter for the Holocaust or something. Oof, so, heavy. So for four hours, <laughs> we were watching that, and I was like, oh, well, we need something like And then I turned on the Barbie <laughs> movie, and we were like, we did a total 180. <laughs> this is silly. This is absolutely But did you silly. play with the Barbies growing up? Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure I did. Unfortunately, some of the stuff was like unfortunately patriarchically in the nature of they had non central roles because I was playing with the X Men Power Rangers. Mm. So probably because some of the stuff I think was like a nod to like playing with Barbie. It's like, oh, Barbie doesn't walk anywhere. She flies. No, I loved all that stuff. I thought it was funny, but as soon as they entered the real world, I was like, this shit is goofy. Like, 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 like five minutes after they entered, because I appreciated the part where Ken was like, oh, this is great. Yeah. And like, did you discover patriarchy? Like, I thought that shit was funny <laughs> and that was good. Uh, but I thought the shit was silly. I don't, I think it's ironic that I think maybe it was the Golden Globes, because I don't think the Oscars has come out, mm. that uh, Barbie was up for best pic or was not even up for best picture hmm. margot robbie i think either was up or was not up for best actress but didn't win hmm. but ryan gosling are you serious <laughs> up for best actor for that role isn't that it's ironically wild patriarchy at its finest that finest. is wild that's wild wow yeah. i think that you are taking it too far though i did see a um like some sort of trailer that they're trying to build like a poly pocket. And I'm like, you've gone too far now. Like, yeah. done, done. Yeah, they were talking about that on NPR, how this, how um, basically other franchises are going to look into this. But, you know, they're feeding off of Millennials' connection to nostalgia. I think and, so. It's and, working. And it's working. It's working. It will work. Smart, smart money making. I think we should pivot, though, because, you know, Barbie was big, but there's something even bigger um, and more serious. Yeah, um, so I think we'd be doing our listeners a huge disservice if we didn't point out one of the biggest things that happened during 2023, and those are um, the events between uh, Israel and Palestine, and yeah. I'll say even the way I think um, I'm really going to connect it to on the higher education landscape, because that's where I am, and that's where I saw it most, and why it's so, why it's present for me. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't want to take away from the realities of um, 
uh, current and historical events. And I think even by like what we, what I've come to learn and know through the advocacy that has happened on campus is even how we refer to it is important, right? To refer to it as a war, right, might um, be dismissive of the histories of genocide and um, uh, the taking of resources from Palestinians. Hmm. Can um, I stop you for a second? Because yeah. I for sure was going to call it a war. Yeah. And I I felt like some of the words, how would you use to describe it? Like a conflict? Because I feel like it doesn't do it yeah. justice yeah. of that social, historical, political. For sure. Like how, how do you talk about it? Though? Yeah, because I, it feels like there's not a word to really like capture all of that yeah i'll i'll say where i've landed and that's when i refer to it i'll refer to it as uh current and historical events uh uh between israel and palestine because i think what i've learned especially from uh palestinians uh to call it a war or a conflict Mm -hmm. is dismissive especially like right they they have labeled it the hamas war Mm -hmm. but when you think about the number of uh palestinian civilians Mm -hmm. that have uh, died and also to say that it, what it is is just current because of the okay. October 7th yeah. right, um, Hamas attacks I think for many Palestinians is dismissive of the history that has led up to and has been their current has been their reality yeah uh, but i think war you know depending on who you're talking to or who you're talking about that is war it's like people innocent civilian people lose lives and then i will go back to also what i hear from palestinian folks would say like it's actually not a war because it uh, a war would kind of constitute the idea that there, that like there are similar powers at play, and, a, and I don't know that that's always true. And, well, and like um, think about the U.S. and Vietnam, or the U.S. and anybody well, else. Well, mostly. well, well, I'll give you an example. Of what I hear yeah. right is that within Gaza, mm-hmm. uh, Israel controls like water resources to mm-hmm. those folks, electricity and those things, and so they feel like also to call it a war, right, is a Western. I won't, I won't even say Western, but is a dominant imperialistic con- uh, referring to that can paint it in a way that is sympathetic to a certain group hmm. and doesn't actually um, consider the histories and realities that were also at play. So there's their kind of perspective or the way to describe it is it seems like when you say it's a war, it's equal powers, equal resources, equal access, well, well, when really it might be more of a, well, well, like a, like um, dictatorship and like abuse of power. Massacre or genocide. Massacre they, or genocide. Genocide. Because yeah. I, I would say, because part of when they're using war, uh, I think the language, and, and I'll say this is just from my understanding and my conversations with Palestinian folks, I in no way... Uh, I'm trying to speak for folks. I think we should all do research, right? Yeah. Um, but it is, so if we call it a war, mm-hmm. right, in the way that it's framed, if it's the Hamas war, that means it started October 7th when Hamas attacked, mm-hmm. right? And so I think for uh, many folks, Palestinian and otherwise, to view it, to view what is happening in just that way 
is dismissive, mm-hmm. right? So that's I if we specifically that. label it a war. Because if we don't label it as starting then, if we're going to call it a war, then when yeah. did it start? Yeah, like centuries ago. Exactly. exactly. It started but, centuries but, ago. It's but, an ongoing But when the word thing. war is used, it's referring to its start date being October 7th. I see. Okay, I've never thought about it in a, with a time context because to me it just seems like this has been centuries long, ongoing. To me, conflict didn't feel big enough, but I also understand other sort of like war maybe not purely contextualize it and depending on where your sympathies empathies whatever lie you may say genocide it's like the proper word for both right for depending on Mm. where you are so i can understand that so yeah that was one of the i think biggest event topics that was pressing for me but uh i think you should take us home what is yeah we're can we end on like a little bit of a lighter note for sure (laughs) why don't we um i will just like end us on beyonce like i also i know this is not popular right but i do have to acknowledge there was an eras tour i don't know even know if i said that right going on (laughs) Eras, I, oh my gosh, I can't tell if you're trolling or if you're being for real. I think what's wild is you're being for real. <laughs> what is that it called? It's hilarious. And I'll tell you why, but what is it? What was I'm pretty Taylor's... sure now I'm embarrassed. I'm pretty sure it's the eras, eras, eras. Okay. like era, like an era, era? Eras. eras, like she's doing. Okay, eras. okay, so this shows you I'm not in popular culture at all. Oh the reason gosh. why I call it Eras is because in medicine, we have the same acronym oh <laughs> that gosh. has been for decades, and we call it ERAS. Can I ask what <laughs> ERAS stands for? I can't remember. I think it's like Electronic Residency Application System. I just like gotcha. made that off the top Word. of my head. Yeah. But it's how you apply to decide where you're going to go. Shout out to the like ERAS tour. Like ERAS tour. Which, <laughs> Sorry, Tay Tay. Did you even know? I thought that shit was over. Apparently, it's still going on. Stop. The ERAS tour. The <laughs> No, for real. Yeah, because someone, I was just in like a retreat and someone was like, I'm so excited. I missed her first round. Didn't think I would be able to go, but I'm going to ERAS and like. <laughs> now you're saying ERAS. Yeah, because it's funny. <laughs> I, I want to continue to troll. Um, They're like, yeah, I'm going to get to go. Like in what month are we in? Are we in? We're February? in January now. January, yeah. I think they're going in March. And I was like, she's still. She's still going. She's still going. She's- Young She's and sprightly. Good for her. I want to see the movie though, because I would just want to see what try, I'm just want to try to see what they see in her. But here's the thing, like I, I don't know. I'm not. I would have said like a year ago, I'm not a big Beyonce fan either. But Taylor Swift also got Person of the Year, when a lot of people felt a lot of ways about that, and the tour by, as well. By Time Magazine, I think by Time. That's wild. Um, and so people That's felt a lot of ways about that. But clearly, she's speaking to people. She's speaking to a generation. She's speaking to lots of intersections white of people. people. Uh, there's probably more than just white people that love Tay Tay. I don't know who they are, white but the music people. I hear, I like it. I mean, I don't buy it out. Time out. Time out. Time out. Because I'm going to have to step you right there. Because you are. I learned from our mama not to call nobody a liar, but your ass got to be lying. No, time I, out, time out, time out. Wait, time are you going to like quiz me? Because no, now I'm going to have to look it up. Out. I'm going to tell you this. I like Taylor <laughs> just fine. Okay. I like her just fine. Okay. I'll be honest. I like her older stuff. Okay. Where she lost me was like this folklore. I think she got an, two albums that are the same album. That's folklore. It's all like, think, 
think pumpkin spice latte in an album but whiter okay she got she released like two three her last albums are like that dog and you mean to tell me anti-hero you mean to tell me anybody you mean to tell me you like her songs from there name name what i just said anti-hero this is why I knew is that a, is that me. a song or an album i knew you were gonna call no, me no on this. no i want so you now... you're on spotify go go to taylor swift i go, am view, a taylor view swift. artist go view album and it says i like view album welcome to new york 1989 view album which album that, that's old 1989 is an old <laughs> album go to view album this is midnight's okay 2022 you, you, anti-hero no, no hold on hold on lavender listeners. haze hold on listeners hold on listeners. like do you see the I knew he was going to do this make, to me. The point I'm trying to make. Perfect. So I want you to She name, did a Taylor's version so she could get money no, and, from and her and 1989. I want you to name, name, here we go, here we go, here we go. Folklore? I want you to name <laughs> your favorite song from Folklore. I don't know. And your know. favorite song from Evermore. Listen, look, listen, look, people look. are allowed to sure evolve are. and they change. Sure I feel like Champagne Problem sounds familiar. Can I play it? Is it possible? Can I just push no, play it Let quick? me pause it because we don't got the say. money for her residuals. Okay, okay. Maybe I don't know the folklore stuff, but people are allowed to grow and change. Speaking of growing yes. and changing. I'm just saying that's where she lost me. Speaking of growing and changing, yes. Yes. Beyonce. Because like I said, mm -hmm. I wasn't, I wouldn't say I hated Beyonce. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that you know, I thought that she was a bad artist. I yeah, never did. For sure. But I wasn't, and still, I guess, I'm not a member of the Beehive. I wasn't buying yeah. her albums. I wasn't going to her concerts. Uh -huh. The reason why I did, and we talked about this uh -huh. before, is because she has evolved. Okay. Right? And her album, the, her latest album, spoke to me in a way that was very different. And Taylor's people, folklore or not, she speaks to them. But for Beyonce, like, there was this, like energy there is this sort of i don't know communication between artists and audience that i hadn't felt before from b and i really enjoyed it through her renaissance not you calling her b like are we not supposed you, to do that it's just hilarious to me <laughs> like you're funny dog <laughs> <laughs> okay for the record let me just say if you're a taylor swift fan go off okay go off i more prior to you, people like what they like. I'm not here. As I said, I was a Taylor fan. I just don't like her new stuff. Okay, so I just for but the record, radio jams are still. What name? I can't name one jam I that's on the radio right you. now. I that's literally... on the radio. That's yeah, on the radio. She's got stuff. Honestly, I don't even listen to those stations that would play her. So I don't even know what is a radio song by her right now. I don't know. I'm just telling you that they they exist. They exist, which is wild to me, but that's great. That's good for because her. I don't I don't want to be a hater. I'm not trying to sound like a hater. I really don't care. I really don't. I'm and I'm not here to compare artists. Okay. Because, but anyway. So Swifties go off, not in any of my DMs or anything like that. That's actually, if I see someone on like Tinder and they've posted a picture of them at the E-Ross tour, <laughs> I, sw I swipe left. Shut <laughs> I up. I say no. Because usually them, them ones be a little, it's indicative of other things in their life. So. I thought Tay-Tay is like an indicator risk, risk factor <laughs> yes. for dating. Mm -hmm. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> back to Beyonce. Okay. I hear what you're saying. I just want to point out that Beyonce is allowed to have an evolution as well. Okay, so Beyonce. Because mm -hmm. um, you admitted the same thing. What did I admit? You were not a member of the Beehive. And I'm still not okay, because, because listen, I'm not, I don't, I don't be out here claiming something. 
not. I never claimed I was. I, I'm not saying that. you are. I'm okay. just saying like there the real ones aren't gonna come from me. I know some real ones. I know some real ones. I'm not gonna have them come from me. My point is Beyonce has had a steady track of of to me evolution, as you said. Okay. Um, and that since she's been solo, uh, I was not jumping on any trains. Like I wasn't jumping on Beyonce train, but I did start to notice that Beyonce's self-titled release album. Hmm. Uh, I thought that was good. Mm-hmm. I thought um, Lemonade was good. Mm, I love Lemonade, right? Mm-hmm. And Renaissance was good to me. It's all it's she's it's her trajectory. It's been that, upward. And and to be honest, I haven't been a stand, but I've dated the stands that have gotten me on. <laughs> Renaissance to me was next level. It was next level, but a lot of her like Beehive members didn't love Renaissance. Actually, I would. They argue, were they I, were trying to get back to her old stuff. I would argue that they're not really Beehive members. <laughs> they're they're confused. Pretenders. They're confused. They're they want beehive. the ballads. They want they're they're not down for this pop like um, house love affair with. The marginalized. Let me with the marginalized. I'm just telling you what I'm the know. love affair with the marginalized. I loved how you were that. I don't know what else we to should, say. We should write a book titled "The, the love, love Affair <laughs> with the Marginalized." Because if we're talking about love affairs, Beyonce is, to me is not a love affair. She in the shits, right? Mm. When I think about Miley Cyrus, Taylor mm. Taylor Swift, Ooh. they had love affairs Ooh. with the marginalized, Ooh. and then they went right back Go to off. whiteness. Okay, and that's part of my problem, anyway. <laughs> Uh, but this has it has been constant, right? Mm. Uh, and her growth, her songwriting, her and her. To me, it's not because many I think will argue she doesn't songwrite. I don't know. I'm I'm not a beehive. I don't follow. But what <laughs> she what she can do, she can curate the hell out of some shit, and she know who to call. She does know okay? who to call because they if she not writing them tracks, whoever she calling to write help her write the tracks. Damn good job. Damn good job. <laughs> so you get points for that, in my opinion. Right, management, great. Uh, but Renaissance, I just thought was beautiful, more than a love affair with the marginalized. And I think, like, listen, for the people who thought they would be having members that aren't fans of it, this is the time to get off off the train then. <laughs> because me and my friends were talking, like, where could she possibly go from here? <laughs> like, where? It's president. So good. It got got to be run for state office. That's hilarious. What Renaissance gave, I just don't. It's beautiful. Know. And we were just talking about the concert, but the movie mm. in and of itself was just mm. to relive that experience again. And yeah. you went to the concert itself three times, but I also feel like the movie gave you something different too. It right? sure did. It sure did. Okay, can I have a moment of honesty with our listeners? Okay, this is just going to be a longer podcast. But let me tell you, (laughs) I went to see it. I see her in person three times. Yes, I didn't say nothing. (laughs) Well, I posted, but I didn't tell y'all the truth because y'all already purchased some tickets, and I wanted y'all to live in a fantasy. My most expensive ticket Mm -hmm. and seat was the worst. And it was on the floor. My short ass couldn't see shit. I could barely see the damn jumbotron. It was terrible. I couldn't believe I had spent so much money on it. I was devastated. So I focused on watching others enjoy it. I truly did. There were some 16 year olds, had to be 16 or younger, maybe 14, and living in a bliss. And I said, "It's this is Go beautiful. Ahead. Okay, the second time was a free time, okay? Because I felt like I had 
didn't get my money's worth. So I went for free the second time. And it started in the suite. The people in them suites wasn't vibing. I had to go. We then tried to sneak into some other seats, right, that were actually there. It was definitely a better seat. But my experience was different because also the person who was to the left of me uh, was like, them ain't your seats, are they? <laughs> and I said, listen, homegirl, I'm going to just need you to be quiet and just let me vibe, okay? Because I was also standing by myself because my friends, it was the only open seat. Anyway, the third time, the cheapest time I saw it, uh-huh. right? Kansas City. Was last, that the cheapest? Because you actually show. had to fly there. Last show, by the way. I, we drove. You drove. Okay. La- last show, by the way, was the best. And I dressed up. I, you I came like, with it. You because, were ready. Because here's the thing. I don't like spoilers, so I didn't even know how we were supposed to come to the first <laughs> one. Because all y'all was posting in autumn concert videos. I said, what? why pay for the concert then if y'all gonna post the whole damn concert? Y'all gonna bootleg the concert? So I didn't know what we were supposed to give him the first two times. So the third time, I said, oh, I know. I know that Simon now. And I'll deliver. <laughs> you understood. And don't you know, we had great seats. Mm. Vantage watch points, so I got to see it all. But don't you know, and I felt so bad. Y'all, listeners, don't hate me for this. There was a black mom and her black daughter probably had to be, we'll say, seven, eight. Okay. Okay. This is a Friday. Beyonce started late because it was super bad traffic because everyone was going there. The concert, I think, was supposed to start at eight, started at 930. Oof. Right. We standing up. You know they're suing people for starting late concerts late I, these I days. Hear. We standing up, right? About to get it, getting ready. And um the black mom and daughter asked us to sit down. <laughs> Wait, because you were in front of them. Yeah, they couldn't see. They said, Excuse me, we can't see. Like they said, stand excuse your me, ass can up. you see me? And they had, don't Did you, you say that? <laughs> no. I said, I am so sorry because this was about me, Nia. <laughs> Don't you understand? You should be embarrassed. All the other times, this is about them. This is about me. I said, listen. I said, listen. <laughs> Do you know you're at a Beyonce I said, I said, listen, I am so sorry. You're going to have to move. <laughs> <laughs> you going to have to move. And I said, there's some seats right here next to us. I don't know if they're taken, but you going to have to move. And she said, oh, okay. Good. And she got with it. Because I was like. How are you going to mess up my vibe? Like, if you, I understand the beauty of trying to get your black daughter to see this movie. I really, or show. I really do. But then you should have brought the front row <laughs> of the seat. So everybody could see. So, so that she could see the show. Because I'm going to stand my black ass up. <laughs> you sure are. And I sure did. The whole time. But <laughs> no, anyway, I'll... I say that to so listeners know the best seat you could have is at the movie. And it's great. And you see, they they show every part, as far as I'm concerned, even more. It was a beautiful production. Great message. The interludes were great. As I've said before, I wasn't really fucking with the Netflix special interludes. I just wanted to see her performances. These interludes you should stay for. Uh, you could go to a vibe for partying at the movie. I'm not even sure it's still there. Or you can go for a vibe of crying either way. Let it be yours. It was great. It was wonderful. It was the highlight. And I saw the movie, I think, three times. Oh, my God. And I also love how you ended the story, like how we're going to end 2023 and step into 2024, which is like, this is your party, Mm. right? Like, stand Mm. up, 
be bold, be yourself. And if people don't like it, they need to move into they somewhere need, else. They need to move into somewhere else. So go into 2024 and tell people they need to sit somewhere else. <laughs> they need to sit somewhere else, period. Period. And as always, listeners, stay, stay bold. bold.